So welcome back to One Nation Radio. We are in Orlando, live on location, and we have another preview coming at you guys. Um, and joining us uh, from WrestlingObserver.com, uh, my man, Mike Sempervivi. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's happening? Uh, I'm sure you're having a better time than, than I'm having right now uh, by being in Orlando. I know issues with hotel rooms and all that stuff aside. To be down there in the midst of all of that stuff has got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, it's um, it's great. It's great. Like just seeing everybody walking around, like wearing their their shirts and seeing who they're supporting. And we just randomly ran started talking to a guy from the UK, and it was just it was just cool. It's like a great fellowship of uh, wrestling fans. Did, did you try to make your way to Wally Mania? I was a day late on that. I actually have <laughs> have I I should have hit Wally up, but kind of kind of caught in translation with that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. He wouldn't have any time for you anyway. He'd right. just hang out with Dave Meltzer all night long. Right. <laughs> yeah. Meltzer, Meltzer and Pritchard, who are taking pictures together. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mike, real quick, I, I've been looking around WrestleMania weekend in high and low, and I've been looking around at all these cards, and I can't seem to find the match I'm really looking for, which is you, Mike Simbervivi, versus Tom Lawler. So, I, what happened? <laughs> Tom can't get cleared. You know, that, that that band just goes across all states. And, and I got a fear for my safety. I don't know what else this dude. Have you seen the promo that this dude cut? No, I haven't. Oh, but, oh you go, go to Twitter. Go follow Filthy Tom Lawler and see the promo that he has cut for his match coming up against Davey Richards. I'm not going to mess with this dude because I think Osterine is the least uh-huh. amount of stuff this dude is on. I, what is it, Ayahuasca? Is that what they call that stuff? Like oh. Joe, Joe Rogan level stuff. That's why I think Tom's taking it right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as, long, as long as he stays away from gender, you're all right. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about the uh, Seth Rollins and Triple H match. Um, this has been a match that's been a couple years in the making. Um, so we finally got it. You know, we missed out on it last year with, with Rollins going down with the injury and, you know, different types of uh, deals on the card and all that. But I just want to throw the uh, question to you guys. Um, we'll start with you, Mike, since you're our guest. Uh, have they fixed Seth Rollins' long, long-term as a babyface already? And if not, how far will this match go in getting him there? They, no. They, I mean, he, they've done a really poor job. Um it's just, there's no other way to say it. they've done such a poor job with him uh, since he's come back. And he can, he's still the guy uh, going for it. I know Roman Reigns, there's, there's lots of guys, but he's certainly one of the guys. He's going to be one of their upper echelon guys. I, I don't think he's in danger of falling to the position of like, remember Sheamus after his initial push Ooh. where they kind of like, they gave okay. him a, you know, it was, he, he kind of got there, and then it came back a little bit, and he never actually got back to where he was. I don't think Seth Rollins is in harm of falling to that, but you you are in harm of doing long-term damage to him in the fans' eyes the same way we have seen happen to guys like Dolph Ziggler and other people, and it won't be an instantaneous thing. But if you're not careful with this guy – that's what you're risking because he is a fantastic 
Uh, does some fantastic things in the ring. I, I think could come across as a really good baby face uh, if, if given the opportunity to and not made to look whining and sniveling as he has at, at, at times during this feud with, with Triple H. But if you're not careful with him, you're going to have that situation where he's the guy who does a lot of really cool moves, like Adolph Ziggler, and he's a guy that and we don't really care about seeing it or putting in the upper echelon of, of our minds the same way we do a John Cena, a Randy Orton, a Daniel Bryan, a Brock Lesnar, somebody like that. And it's going to take time to happen, but it will eventually happen to Seth Rollins, and they don't need that right now. They need all the stars that they can create. So the best thing that can happen on Sunday is that Triple H does everything he can to, to put him over. I know I would at least assume that Seth, that uh, Samoa Joe, and then by extension Finn Balor, are, are going to play into this too. I think Finn Balor is going to be back, if not on Sunday at WrestleMania, very shortly after that, like probably the next night, he's going to make his presence known. So you have another strong baby face coming back on the roster too, which doesn't overshadow Rollins. It's not like the presence of Balor coming back. It's not like. A Cena would be descending on the scene or something like that that would really, yeah, Balor takes some attention away, but Rollins is still bigger than Finn Balor. You know, he's yeah, still yeah. more of a WWE identified guy than Balor's been since, you know, the entrance is great. A lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of people listening to this, they have a different respect for Finn than maybe they do a Seth Rollins, even though, you know, they, they've known him throughout the years too. But that New Japan run was some heavy stuff. And the way people look at Finn Balor is heavy. But still, in the WWE fans' mind, Rollins can still overshadow him. So you have a situation now which is very fragile and very sensitive, I think. And you better be careful because, again, you need all the stars you can get. Cena's gone after Mania. If I'm, and I know I'm rambling on here, and I'll shut up in a minute, but if I'm SmackDown, I'm flipping AJ Styles into a baby face now. I'm flipping yep. Roman Reigns on Raw to a heel now, and, and I'm making sure that Seth Rollins is solid, and I'm making sure some other people are solid too, but especially Seth Rollins, because he's probably, the days of him getting hurt are probably not over either, and you have to factor that in as you go along too with how people are going to look at him you know, in and out of things. If you don't take care of him and he gets hurt, then he's going to be even softer coming back. At least if you're, he, you're really trying with him and he's really on top with the people, if you keep getting hurt but keep coming back like a Daniel Bryan or whatever, no matter who it is, then you're going to be okay. It's when you keep getting hurt and you keep coming back and people don't care anymore. That's you know, even worse. Right. Uh, yeah. James, what, what you got on that? Man? Yeah, I, I think I, in a lot of respects I agree with Mike. I feel like they have messed it up. But for me, I saw what they did the night when they were basically bullying and harassing Foley, and he came out, and the crowd, the lid, the lid came off the stadium, and, you know, the, you know, we talked about this previously on the show. I felt like they handled it poorly with the whole beatdown thing after the whole entire feud is Triple H and Stephanie just running roughshod over Seth. Right. But that was just a perfect example of like people really want to like this guy. Yeah. And when he came back from in, in the, in the summer and they really wanted that guy to, to come back and, and cheer for that guy to be the guy to basically supplant or be the person, the baby face they could cheer for instead of reigns. Yeah. And then he comes back that Monday and cuts that promo. It was like, Oh my gosh, what a missed opportunity. 
Yeah. Um, I, with, with this match, like, as far as, like, getting them there, there's always a fear that, you know, uh, Triple H only loses WrestleMania matches so often, uh, even though he has a fairly, like, uh, kind of flippy record, like, he'll usually, like, you know, get his win back the next year. Um, <laughs> and, and this is a case where he actually lost last year. Um, and with him, Rollins, long-term, I think it's absolutely crucial that he shows his ass. Uh, like, he needs to come out here and basically, uh, and I'll get to this in my next question, but he needs to SummerSlam 2002 this. So, um, with that with that said, like, it's no secret that Seth has been compared to Sean, who also had an unsanctioned match with Triple H uh, at SummerSlam 2002. Do you think it's best for them to, like, take a page out of that playbook and, like, really, like, you know, do the whole body part thing, how uh, they did on that, or, you know, should they go in a different direction? Mike, we'll start with you. Oh, absolutely, do the, the, the whole body part thing. I mean, it, it's built in there with the knee, and, and Triple H... You know, the, any chance, I'm sure at his age, um, any chance he has to be even more methodical, he's going to do so. <laughs> and, and I think he can, you know, you can bring out some of that old Harley stuff and that old, you can pull out some, some, some Dory moves and some Terry Funk stuff you haven't seen in a while if you wanted to. Some cool looking stuff just because, you know, moves that really wouldn't be that dynamic, like spinning toe holds or <laughs> Indian <laughs> death locks. Because if you do an Indian death lock or, or, or work that for it, do that sort of thing, it's not a spectacular thing. But for Triple H, it's like, ah, see, that's the old pro Triple H. He knows what, what people will love. Right. And he knows what people watching this stuff will love. And it factors it. Look, and you can't say it doesn't play into the match perfectly. So. To me, I would absolutely work that. Now, you're going to have Seth trying to fly around on it and all that sort of stuff. It's just, look, there's the one thing, athletically, even a little banged up, Seth Rollins can do a lot, and he can do everything that Triple H can't do off of his feet. When it comes to Triple H, for anything you want to say about the dude, the guy can put a match together and he can get exactly. And that's the, why a lot of, you know, the critique when it comes to triple H matches, because people aren't stupid. Everybody knows how smart triple H is and everybody knows how he can put together a match to make anything uh, to get the exact result that he wants. So (laughs) I'm banking on him in this match to do that exact same thing. And I'm banking on him to be the bigger man, even if it, if it's some Gaga involved with, you know, Samoa Joe blows a spot interfering or something happens where there is a little bit outside. But as long as his shoulders are on the mat clearly and cleanly for three and he doesn't roll up and wave like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania (laughs) 6, then I think everything is going to be pretty much all right. All right. Uh, So, um, also, like, um, with Triple H, you know, he's such a decorated performer in WrestleMania history. Like, if you look at it, like, my opinion, uh, Triple H has the greatest set of opponents in WrestleMania history. Starting in 1996, when he was absolutely squashed by the Ultimate Warrior. But you go uh, from there, you get Goldust. In 1998, you get Owen Hart. Uh, 1999, you get Kane. You get the Fatal 4-Way in 2000. 2001, you get The Undertaker. 2002, you get Chris Jericho. 2003, you get Booker T. 2004, Benoit and Shawn Michaels. 2005, Batista. 2006, Cena. He misses 2007. 2008, he gets Cena and Orton. Uh, 2009, he gets Orton. 2010, he has Sheamus, which is kind of a step back. Uh, and, you know, he goes with the two Undertaker matches, uh, Lesnar, Brian, Sting, and then Reigns. Adding this on there, 
Um, how much longer do we expect uh, Triple H to keep showing up each year? That's at least 20 matches. That's, you know, when you run them down like that, that's, it is an impressive list. And you, you, know, you brought up Sheamus. I mean, you know what Sheamus is? It's this. I mean, you know, Sheamus was Triple H's guy. Sheamus, that was, you know, to, to, to help Sheamus. This is to, in theory, help Seth Rollins. Uh-huh. So, well, who knows? If he wrestles five, ten more matches into the future, we might be looking back. You know, somebody might be doing the same show looking back at this one and wondering, hey, you know, what was the Seth Rollins thing about here? Was this a step back? So it, yeah. it, it'll be interesting. But I don't know. I think as long as he can get out there and go, I think that's going to be the, the mentality of a lot of these guys from that era and, and coming from a little bit after that era. And, I, you know, I think, probably, you know what, honestly, I think maybe that's going to permeate everybody as time goes on where as long as I can go for one, pencil me in. Or, or at least my, my calendar is going to be open, which makes this time of year, it makes from January on, from the Royal Rumble on, it really does make it a, a, a bountiful thing going forward because whether it be the Dudleys in, in ROH or, or Marty Jannetty with Joey Janela and in, in, in Glacier oh you know, on, on Thursday night or whatever it is with any of these shows, you know, you have the possibility of somebody from the past coming back and, and putting something out there. And the shape Triple H is in, you know, it, it, as long as he is upright and able to have some, at least a little bit of lateral movement at his size and at his age, I think he'll be out there. I, I think he also doesn't have to worry about uh, some of the things the other performers might have to worry about. And, uh, you know. Well, that's, why his, that's why his brother-in-law's <laughs> out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, taking opportunities. As yeah, exactly. Says. His goddamn brother-in-law is taking the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I'm not even blaming Shane. That, that's that's the, the old man, who, but it's not like Shane fought that one either, you know? Of and now they're going to be out there in a wrestling match. I, no stiff, no nothing. I went on it's an just catches catch can style, I guess. Oh, my gosh. I, I went on an extended four-minute rant on a show uh, we recorded about the Shane and AJ, and, you know, I just really let them uh, have it with that. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I get that over to you to uh, take a listen to. But, James, <laughs> like, how, how much longer do you expect Triple H to uh, keep rolling up out here? I mean, at this point, I mean, you have to start putting your bets on the sunburning out first, right? I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean if he only has to do because, I mean, he's not, it's not like he's working some super dangerous style. He's not doing suicide dives like Undertaker used to. He, he never had, I understand he had injuries with the quads and whatever, but he never had, like, the, the like just a laundry list of injuries over, over the 20-year run that, that, like, Undertaker had or, or someone like Sean who, I mean, joke about his pussyfoot injury or whatever if he wants to, but, like, the back thing was such a big deal for him. <laughs> right. But he's been relatively healthy for, for, for so long. I mean, obviously, you get your scrapes doing doing this thing, but if he can just keep it up and have him only do X number of matches, not do anything crazy, he's at the house show thing doing triple triple tag or six-man tags, yep. getting himself, getting knocking off that ring rust yearly, this can keep, this can keep going. And he doesn't have to worry about, like, you know, he doesn't have to worry about peeing in a cup and in the cup possibly exploding. Right, right. Right. So yeah, he's not burning a hole through the bottom of that. Right. right. So at this point, and I, it, it could it could it could be forever. We could be at WrestleMania 50 talking about when this is going to run. Like I think yeah. I think Triple H is already slowly setting up his next batch of opponents. Oh with, yeah. With a Finn Balor, with a Samoa Joe. Yeah. 
Um, a brand with new, those guys. Just, a, just a brand new set of guys. You can't wait to double cross. <laughs> yes, well, and yes. that's the whole thing with the match too. You know, they already have played this a little bit where Samoa Joe doesn't like being Triple H's heavy. No, I worked right. for 13 years to get here. He just gave me an opportunity, but he keeps getting thrown up there. What about what Triple H gave you? Triple H talks about what he gave Seth. He talks about what he gave Kevin Owens. He obviously gave you your shot, and, and they've been looking at it where it's like, okay, he may buck up. So if he does screw up, does that? It doesn't, and it doesn't have to happen right away. It's not something that where Triple H has got to get his vengeance back on Samoa Joe. You can pull that one back out your pocket at any time. Again, take it back to the Sheamus Triple H one. Remember when they de-emphasized Sheamus? Yes. And they yeah. kind of had Sheamus kind of be out there as King Sheamus and and, and cool I mean, bitch, bitch Sheamus. I mean, that's what he was. And Triple H came back, and I forget who he was being set up against, but he made sure that he cleaned Sheamus's clock forever beating him, and it was made very clear, you are not at my level. So they could always pull it back out at any time with said with with Kevin Owens uh, for for being a fail or whatever it is, or yep. for Chris Jericho or for Samoa Joe to tri- have that thing with Triple H if it's time to 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 have some sort of conflict. I think the only guy I really want to see Triple H wrestle like now is The Rock, and I wrote a whole column about detailing their rivalry from uh, the moment essentially uh, The Rock walked into the company. The guy on the opposite uh, Survivor Series team was Triple H, and their rivalry has gone from you know contemporaries in the mid card to main event uh, guys to Triple H ascending to the executive level while The Rock's become a Hollywood guy, and they always allude to those uh, to that rivalry still existing, and I think that you know. That, that should still be a future option if they can secure that. And they shot that great promo uh, at WrestleMania, sorry, SmackDown 15th anniversary. Yes. Uh, like they were alluding to they were going to do something. Uh, yeah, but just a, just a real quick question. Do you guys think that if, you know, Seth's knee had been more severely injured than it turned out to be, um, that they would have pivoted and done the Samoa Joe Triple H thing? Uh, just on like just because like there would have been nothing for Triple H to do. I think. Um, been, oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I was just gonna say I just well, I, I'm pretty sure that that's one of the reasons that it was floated there. That and, right. and knowing that Finn Balor was going to be back and he was going to be back at working and being yeah. And I know Dave Meltzer was was very heavy into he because he did was told right away that yeah Seth is probably going to be ready, but you got a guy that could have went out there. And he probably could have been ready. He could have walked down the ramp and blew it out again at this point. You don't know exactly how bad he is, and you know he's not 100%. So I think I'm pretty sure that that's why I think doors were left ajar a little bit. Uh, how How much of a blessing in disguise has this injury been for for rebuilding Rollins as that baby face? Because when this feud started, it just, Triple H just called him out had Samoa Joe jump him, and it just looked like they were going to punk Rollins the whole time. And with the injury, I felt like they had to go in a different direction. What does it say about WWE's programming where guys get hurt? It's one of the best things that can happen to you is be hurt and off TV so they can <laughs> hurt you. Yeah. Like, like for real, when it comes like Cesaro being a fantabulous example of this, whether he – whether Cesaro be Yodlin or whether it be whatever it was, it's like Swagger, you know, guy Mark Henry, man, get hurt because at least when you come back, people will pop for you again instead of sitting on their hands and being apathetic that, that you happen to be out there looking like a bum. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, this is one of those, it's not anywhere near to that level, but it was one of those like, 
All right, let's take a step back and a breath here because they have blown it with him coming back. Uh, they, they've blown it with the whole turn, you know, like James was saying. I mean, it's not like people still don't want to cheer this dude. It's not like little kids don't look at him when he's wearing the white like he's a human Power Ranger and chicks <laughs> don't dig him and, and guys don't think he's all right. I mean, he's got that kind of credibility. Don't let that slip away. Yeah, yeah. so I... I, I so, so from my perspective, when I was watching um, all the stuff going down, and I've, I called into uh, you, you and uh, Brian's show a couple times, uh, Mike, and I was I kept saying to myself, like, while this was going on and while they were trying to push him towards face after he had just got double-crossed by Triple H and Stephanie's playing dumb like she doesn't know, uh-huh. and, and he's actually wise to it, but Foley is still, like, being a sucker for it. Like, the whole time when they were trying to work on it, on trying to turn him more face, it was going so slow. It almost seemed like he was, in a weird way, like it was, like he was just like a, a just a person just faking it. And now that, like, you know, he had time, to, yeah, you actually could get the sympathy from the fact that, he, like, wow, this dude's going to miss WrestleMania again. Yeah. Yeah. And people actually, yeah. you know, like, we, you know... You know, besides the whole, you know, the this very, very minus, very, 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 very small percentage of casual fans that WWE thinks watch the show instead of <laughs> people that actually are, you know, listen to stuff that we listen to, right. you know, and listen to Dave Meltzer or Court Bauer or whatever, Wade Keller, it's, you, you saw that happening, you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this dude's going to miss it again, this poor dude, like, they just cut this whole entire thing when he came back over the summer talking about how hard he worked and how upset he was and how he had to leave w- the Wrestlemania 32 because he couldn't bear watching it without him right and and then he's like well yes we finally you finally get we're just gonna forgive all of the past sins of and the WWE 24 yeah, yeah all the past sins of the second half of the or the last third of the year and we're gonna actually like be ha- want this guy to get to this level. So, yeah, I, I think this is almost like just a gift in disguise. Yeah. Um, has the one-sidedness of this feud affected your view of it? For, for me, no. Because I think it's in... You know, I, I think as as a fan, I, I, on either side, no. As a, as a talking head, no, because I know what the end game is. And you knew what the end game was supposed to be last year. So you kind of know you can... We can complain about the details on it and everything, and it has been one-sided, but that's kind of the way it, it should have been once the whole earth turned on Seth Rollins because it was made very clear uh, that he was a loner. He did he did stab his brothers in the back. The locker room did hate him. He was he did sell out, and you know, and he says he bought in, but the whole thing was set up where this dude was going to be isolated and alone when it came time for, you know, him to, to get his and, and for the world to turn on him. And he had to earn back the fans and he had to get that stuff back. So, you know, him having to, to be, is it Sisyphus up the mountain with the boulder? You know, uh, that's okay. You know, because the whole, you know, the mountaintop is WrestleMania. So can he get that thing and, and can he be allowed to let it tip over the edge? And, and that's, I, I think that as a fan, I think you feel that too. So I think it was a, it's such a, it's such an easy old, it's just a, it's a very traditional wrestling storyline and they have bastardized it in a lot of ways. And I think they have, they have WWE it, you know, and, and sports eat it to the hilt in, in some ways to its detriment 
and they've been sloppy about a lot of things. But uh, with that said, I think the story itself, I think, is is solid enough. James, from my perspective, yeah, uh, it was what sent me over the edge, and I didn't, it was just a thing with the whole Foley night uh, when he came back. He came back, and then he they basically put him back on the shelf uh, with a crush to the knee twice. Yes. And it just made me, it just made me like think of, just go back and think about the, this whole feud. And it's, he's a bit, it's, they cut this promo or they screw him. He chases, chases after basically a ghost for months. Yes. Uh, try, and he's basically, he was a champion. He lost the belt. He never lost it. He's in a triple threat after he got cashed in on by Dean. He uh, is going and chasing after the, this new belt on his new brand. He gets screwed out of it. Um, and then he's chasing after the guy that, that basically was handpicked by Triple H because Triple H, he's Triple H's proxy, yeah. right? He's, just, he's a stand-in. And he's basically getting screwed by him and Jericho, and he's chasing yeah. his whole entire time. And then he gets opportunity to go into the Rumble to get a match. At, uh, and then he jobs out to music. Right, with yeah. Sami Zayn, yeah. and he's out in the Rumble, and then he shows up to take over, um, and then Triple H doesn't confront him. He basically, he, he sends security to get him as if he's like, yeah, some, as if he's a fan, as if he's a fan that basically crossed over the barricade, <laughs> and he sends him away, like, be gone out of my presence. Yeah. And then, like, the Mark. next, and then the next Monday, and then the next Monday, Triple H shows up, and he cuts the promo saying that, you know, Boo hoo, boo freaking who! I gave you everything. I gave this guy everything, and then he 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 couldn't handle the pressure, and he his body betrayed him and folded underneath it. And, and then I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a second. So you mean to tell me you turned on this guy because he lost the title, but he was in the middle of getting the damn thing back? I was like, yeah. this this is killing. Me. This, this hurts my head. Um, See, when you put it like that, you make it sound terrible. <laughs> if, if, I, if you just lay it out and just look at the whole thing, you're like, wait a second, this makes no sense. Yeah, there, there was um, a major plot hole. Yeah, there's a, yeah, and then you know, and then like a, like a week or two ago, Triple H cuts another promo, um, and, and he says, you know, Trip Steph Steph Rollins' biggest mistake was listening to you, the fans. I was like, wait a second, he was a heel when you screwed him out of the title shot. Yes. Out of the title yes. shot. I'm yes. like, oh, you're hurting my head some more, Triple H. My God, stop. Like can, you, like, can we can we get a good, consistent, like, Triple H, like, the last three years, or at least his WrestleMania 30, like, all his WrestleMania feuds laid out on paper make no sense. And I'm just like, I, and, he, and he's, like, killing, he's killing uh, Seth. I'm like, can this poor guy get something? Like, you look on the other end, and it's kind of par- a parallel where AJ is this guy that lost his belt, and he's been chasing after, and he's been going through all of these hoops with Shane, and then he reaches a boiling point, and he kills Shane. Right. And, then, and that sets off... Their feud. Well, Shane... Yeah, but this was the ultimate baby face. He should have been the baby face. He was right in everything that dude did. Yes, like, absolutely. He's like Bret Hart in 1997. Yes, exactly. He's like, you screwed me. He's like, frustrating doesn't the goddamn word for it. This is bullshit. Um, you screwed me. Everybody screwed me. Everybody knows it. Uh, so much injustice. Yeah. That's all I can think about about that Bret Hart uh, when he pushed down Vince yes. after the cage match. It's <laughs> yes. like... I've been gaslighted by my promoter. That's pretty much, pretty much what it's like. I've been gaslighted by my promoter. What am I supposed to do here besides like lose my mind? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, and that's one of the things that I as as because like the, the Seth's promo about the whiny one of like, is it me? When it's like, oh yeah, you bitch. That was, yes. Yes. But yes. with that said. It's like this is like I, I try to have some sympathy for these guys because it's like. 
they're scripted to be this stupid. They're scripted to be this weak. They're scripted <laughs> to be this sad. And it's like, you know, Brian and I will do this on the show. When he gets exasperated, I try to be the voice of reason. It, it, well, as much as possible with each other and vice versa, where it's like, this is just what they're going to do. And you go, well, why don't they, why don't people speak up and stand up? It's like, you can't stand up and beat up against everything. You got to really right. truly pick and choose your spots and go, is this that important yeah, to say, right. no, my character wouldn't do this when you're in a feud with Triple H and you got Vince making the final checkoff on an angle that also involves his daughter who's running the show. Right. It's like, you know, yeah, is it bad? Is it his job? But yeah, it is. But it's his job to make you go out there and at least try. And I don't shoot the messenger a lot of times when I look at something and it's like, well, that's that's Vince. This is what we're going to have to suck up and deal with when we watch this five hours of first run programming oh, every week. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, last question on Rollins and Triple H. Uh, what does Triple H victory shock you? <sighs> the cynical part of me <laughs> says no, but I mean honestly, my spirit and, and my fabulousness, which is is right now on high because we're into this weekend. Yeah. I just can't see it. The only way I see it is if it is they do something so creatively nefarious that with Joe or with Steph or with Triple H or with whoever it is where Rollins takes the L, but then there's got to be, he's got to get his somehow afterwards as revenge, and you probably then definitely, if it's not Balor, it's Nakamura, it's whoever. And it shouldn't be Nakamura because I think he should go to SmackDown. But, I mean, you got to then do something that gives people some happiness on the way out the door because if it is true, and I know people are going to be happy with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, but that's a separate <laughs> thing. Same thing with Randy Orton. But if you're truly going to go ahead and end that show with Roman Reigns defeating The Undertaker... By God, I don't think you can go ahead and have Triple H beat Seth Rollins, too. Okay. You, you mentioned uh, if, if he wins, they have to do something creative. I mean, uh, yeah, you mean something creative like have uh, Sting come and debut to stop Triple H, dead in his trash for being corrupt, and then lose his match by getting hit in the face with a sledgehammer. Um, and then at the end of beating him, he shakes his hand and goes off about his business off to the sunset. Creative like that. <laughs> that is not the creativity I'm looking for. Okay, see, here's the thing: Sting is my third favorite wrestler of all time, and when this, I'm still, I'm still upset. Like, I might be as mad, I might be as mad about that as like the streak being broken. Still, like, I just, like, I still think about that. Like, anytime we get to WrestleMania, it's almost like it just pops Sting in my head. Was so I, much I get, worse. I get triggered. I just get triggered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, like, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, like you know. I just won't go to pass them, like you, because you can always make this when they when 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 Dave or whoever else talks to people, they can always come the creative, and whoever else is behind behind the scenes can always come up with an excuse. Well, um, ultimately, Seth after this match was not going to be able to go onto the road and do this and the third, yep. so they might as well put him. So since he, he might as well, well keep Triple H strong to give that loss to somebody else next year at WrestleMania, whether it's Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or or, or Nakamura or whoever else, and we'll, we'll build um, Seth when he comes back after a month or whatever, on a, you know, when he rehabs fully and you know or whatever else. They can always do that, and I'll, and I will still you know just lose my mind. 
That's exactly why I'm picking Triple H to win. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Oh, no. Like, like and especially what I've noticed with their Big Show booking as of late, and I've said it many times on this show, um, going back to SummerSlam, going back to WrestleMania last year, um, just take what you think is going to happen and do the opposite. Uh, <laughs> there, like, there, there was no reason that Chris Jericho should be AJ Styles last year, and it was like, really? All right. Um, a couple things on SummerSlam as well. But, um, your, Mike, I want to get your, uh, your general thoughts on the WrestleMania card this year. I mean, it's, I'll give them this. I mean, they had a plan, and for the most part, they stuck to it. Yeah. I and, and they have built towards it. Again, the, the, some of the stories have been what they were. But <laughs> they, for the most part, it's been good. I mean, there have been some real sore thumbs, the, the Raw tag titles, the SmackDown tag titles. What a what a stupid-ass opportunity lost with that. I mean, yeah. the Usos are a, a great team. Yeah, American Alpha. I just there's everything about that pisses me off. The SmackDown women's deal, which I know, I know this was Naomi. Her injury hampered this, and I, and not being sure about her and and scheduling the six pack challenge and just the whole way they went about that. It's not that they have a six pack challenge match. It's a how sloppy you were going about it, where it's like you have seventy five writers and everybody can't be like worried about Goldberg and Lesnar. Can't one dude like come up with a coherent idea where this could have been done and booked like three weeks ago? Because if Naomi wasn't going to come back, then fine. The sixth spot goes to whoever else. Right, Who yeah. cares? It doesn't matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at least the, for the most part, though, outside of that nonsense, the major big stuff they have not messed with too much. They used to do that thing where we're going to be too smart for the smarter people out there or for the more aware people out there and plugged in where if you knew the result of something, they would change it up on you just to change it up. Yeah. They didn't do that this year, and for good reason. I mean, there was no reason to really mess with any of this stuff. You couldn't have made Cena and Miz any better. You couldn't have made Goldberg and Lesnar any better. You couldn't have made Owens and, and, and Jericho any better. I mean, I think those things have been – really strong everybody could have put their own spin on it but i don't think anybody can really complain with the end game on where we got there so i'm really happy with uh, some of this stuff now as far as a card goes it's a big long card i mean jericho and owens sticks out to me aries and neville i think is great but it's going to take place you know five hours before the main event will (laughs) so sunday night heat essentially yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean it's crazy it's it's madness so it's, again, it's the, the whole show itself, there's nothing, I don't hate any of it, but I'm not exactly salivating over any matches, and I know, you know, you get the geekdom thing here of like a, a Hiroshi Tanahashi Naito match or something like that, but even, I don't even see anything on there with the exception of really, I'm interested in the main event on what could happen, and I'm interested in yeah. Owens and uh, Jericho as a wrestling match, because I think that's going to be great, but outside of that, the blow-away match just isn't there. Like on It paper. ain't yeah. there. It ain't happening. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, so, uh, Mike, I, I want to know, it's, it's a two-part question. One, given if you were given this card and you had to control the match order, which, show, which match would you put on last? And second, which match do you think will eventually go on last? I'll believe that they're going to do Undertaker and, and Reigns. I, I just, in that case, that they do it. And to me, I think I would do that if on the next night on Raw, 
and I've said this on the show, joked about it, that Roman Reigns just doesn't come out as smug and as Georgia Tech football player, 21 years old, in a in a bar in Atlanta, just being slimy, taking somebody's woman, just all oh jacked up. And he takes the vest off, and, and he bounces <laughs> the pecs, Rick and Rude. he pulls out his pants, and he craps in the urn. And that, to me, <laughs> if, if you're going to do, if you're going to main event with that, you better have that on Raw the next night. And I don't care if Finn Balor comes out and shoots lightning into him and says, I'm going to, my, my demon, you know, my demon friend, I'm going to get I, revenge on him. But whatever it is, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for me, as far as what I would make the main event, I would make the main event Goldberg and Lesnar. Okay. I yeah. think I, and, and that's just because I think you can end with that big explosion. Whatever it's going to be, I think you can do, to extend it out, you could always do bells and whistles. You can have them go into the crowd. You could do double juice. If you, there's so many things <laughs> that you could do with those two. If you felt, well, I, I take it back. Sorry. Double accidental juice. Yeah. You know, they, must yeah. have, they must have hit the damn ring post just the right way. Yes. You know, and I'm not saying, of course, they're not going to do that, but they could. I mean, there's a million things you could do, and, and you're probably going to have people losing their mind at the end of it, and Brock's music hitting, or Goldberg's for that matter, but probably Brock's music hitting. It, it, to me, that's too mighty of a thing to pass up on a show where. I mean, they are whores for media attention this week, and that would end up everywhere with Brock Lesnar, former UFC champion, a known badass to the general public. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's pretty much it, Mike. Um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, the uh, I appreciate the, uh, the honor of having you on here. It's, it's not every day we get... Uh, you know, the man next to the man next to the man. <laughs> yeah, not many times you get somebody who can just ramble this much on the air. See, I can do the same thing. Anybody who wants me on, I can do the same thing on your podcast as I do on national radio every day, which is just ramble on into breaks. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's pretty much uh, Mike, just tell them uh, where to find you on social media if uh, you want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on Twitter is the, the that's where most of my presence is at Sempervivi. Know your Latin. S e m p e r v i v e. Always alive. Uh, at Sempervivi. There, uh, the Facebook page too, I believe, is just backslash Sempervivi. Uh, Instagram. No, I don't do much there. I got. I got really. It's usually Twitter. I'm only good for about 140 characters, and it just kind of sparkles and fades after that. There's not much left, so. Uh, but that's probably the best spot. And then obviously WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, we air that show. That show is aired every single day, Monday through Friday, live, a new show from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the show is replayed uh, across the world with TuneIn, uh, through the TuneIn app, uh, Sports Byline, USA Affiliates, as well as uh, uh, Armed Forces Radio. Uh, picks that one up as well. And then Sirius Satellite Radio also picks up our Sunday show, which is on from 6 to 8 p.m. East, uh, Eastern time there, too. So, Excellent, yeah. man. You gonna have there to are lots, of, lots of Brian and I. Yes. Yes. You have to put it in the word uh, for us with, uh, with Dave and Brian. <laughs> wow. And Dave doesn't even want to do Silamente anymore with me, man. <laughs> 
Yep. All right, man. We go. We gonna wrap it up. Uh, we will catch you guys. Uh, we're we're gonna drop this as a double episode with the Shane and AJ. So after you uh, listen to this one, go listen to me rant about uh, AJ Styles for four minutes. Uh, for James, this is Rich. This is One Nation Radio. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.